InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. As some 80 million baby boomers hit retirement age, our country is facing many social and legal challenges. Here to shed some light on this major trend is attorney Cash Nickerson, who's the author of Boomerangs, Engaging the Aging Workforce in America. Generations ago, the stereotypical worker quit at age 65 and was no longer a productive member of society, per se. How have things changed? What's different about baby boomers who reach their mid-60s? Well, imagine this. Some simple data will help. In 1930, average life expectancy for a male in the United States was 56 and for a female was 62. Several years later, Social Security was passed and retirement was actually set at 65. Now, roll forward and look at what longevity is doing now. At the other extreme, a female born today has a 50% chance of living to be 100. And in the meantime, longevity rates have gone up so that now people are living into their 80s and people are talking about a new era of a third age, which is the age from 65 to 80. So people can be productive far beyond what was traditionally thought of as a retirement age. And so you just imagine that you have a new human life, which is more shaped like a boomerang, whereas the traditional life was more like a triangle, half that boomerang, where you worked, retired, and died. And now we don't have social, legal, or cultural attitudes to really deal with this and it's been coming at us every day and so it hasn't gotten enough attention and it's time we now deal with the inadequacies of our laws the changes needed in our cultural and social attitudes towards aging workers how does this impact employers and all the businesses in america who have this older very skilled workforce that's perhaps leaving or retiring it's a crisis especially in certain fields If you look at aerospace engineering as an example, you find that 50% of those workers are eligible for retirement. And there is not an equal class behind them, nothing even close. The boomers number 78, 80 million. The Gen X behind them numbers 48 million. And there is a dearth of engineering talent. So if you're engaged in innovation, and our country wants to be an innovator, the loss of this technical, skilled engineering workforce is a real loss of a national asset. And so for employers, they would love to engage in new dialogues and new structures with employees who are aging. And the employees are interested in discussing new structures because they want to keep working but they don't want to work overtime. They don't necessarily want to work 40 hours. So there's a real win-win for employers and employees. We have the Age Discrimination and Employment Act that stands in the way because it says you just can't talk about age. And then we have the government, who's a third winner in the equation. So it's win-win-win because the government is far better off from a social services expenditure viewpoint if they don't have to pay for all these people, if they could be working and engaged, they hit health care less, they hit all the government programs less. So it's a win-win-win. We just need to start talking about it and get something done. We're talking on InfoTrack with Cash Nickerson, author of Boomerangs, Engaging the Aging Workforce in America. Cash, in your book, you share some tips 
for older workers to perhaps keep them in the game and keep them competitive. Could you share a few of those with us? Certainly. Some of the most important are if you want to come back, boomerang back into the workplace, you need to be conscious of your energy level. Get to the gym, walk, whatever you can do, because workplaces are energetic places, and you need to project that energy to fit in. I think one of the cautionary things is to be very careful about your attitudes towards younger workers, because you may end up working for younger workers, and they're very conscious of being treated like children. There's this wonderful Harvard Business Review article called Transference, which was about how we bring our life at home into the workplace. And so if a younger person watches their grandfather struggle with technology, they come into the workplace thinking that older people don't really do well with technology. And oftentimes the elder workers view the younger workers like children and they play games too much, etc. So you have to be very careful about that. Very important that you keep your skills up to date and that you get the training you need so that whatever version of the software that you use is there, you're engaged in that software. Would you uh, recommend perhaps going back to school or getting uh, training even if you're a retirement age? Absolutely. You have to be open to that. And you even have to be open to retracing your steps a little bit. If you left the workforce and you were at a pretty high level, you may have to go back a couple of steps to re-enter. And I've seen this a lot. So if you were managing 60 people or 50 people, instead of doing the actual skill that you were trained for, you may have to go back and actually do the skill and not be a manager because there's fewer managers needed than skilled workers. So how much of this cash is related to staying busy and staying active versus supporting yourself? Because uh, it seems like Social Security isn't really enough to live on these days. No, it's not. And so a lot of people come back into the workplace because they need money, because they didn't do as well in the stock market as they hoped they would do. Uh, the stock market's up, but if you're an individual investor, oftentimes you didn't do as well as the companies or institutional investors did. So you went down, but you haven't come back as strongly because, again, individuals who retired are more conservative. So when the market was going down, many of them took money out of the market and then didn't catch the sort of rebound back because they had to be so careful with their money. So there's still a lot of financial uncertainty for those people, and they need to support themselves. So we see that, and we also see people trying to come back to work just because it's not the retirement that their father or mother had where, you know, it was a very brief retirement because they died. Now they're looking at a world where they can live a lot longer. If the older generation is really keeping themselves tuned up and in the workforce, doesn't this have a negative effect on the younger generation that's trying to get into the workforce? You know, there is some discussion about this sort of intergenerational, multi-generational conflict, like the aging will crowd out the younger. In fact, if we were smart about it, two things I would say. One is there could be tremendous job sharing possibilities between the workers with experience and the new workers entering the workplace. Team them up, pair them up, so that you accelerate the learning process for younger workers. The second thing I would say is what creates jobs is really innovation, not tax policies and all things people talk about. It's really innovation. Innovation leads to new jobs because it leads to growth in new areas. And without the boomer workforce, which is full of innovators and scientists and engineers, we won't be creating jobs. 
The book is Boomerangs, Engaging the Aging Workforce in America. Attorney Cash Nickerson is the author, and you can learn more at cashnickerson.com. Cash, thanks so much for joining us here on InfoTrack. Chris, it was my pleasure. Thank you very much. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.